Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 291 6901. And you put the area code 225 in front of that 291 6901. There you go. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. That's exactly what Michael did. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Uh, I was wondering what y'all's opinion of a 2011 Nissan Murano with 102,000 miles on might be. Not bad, Michael. They've had some transmission issues with those, but if you have it checked out, make sure you don't have a problem with that particular one. I wouldn't say it's a horrible vehicle. It's not my favorite vehicle in all the world, but if you're buying it for a good enough price to where you can afford to do a little bit with it, if it comes up, they use a certain kind of valve body on there, similar to what Ford uses on their products, where the valves are electronically controlled and they're just... they have a pulse width modulation going to them so they kind of move all the time and what happens the valves wear out the valve body and when that occurs just the part is about 1500 bucks and you got to tear a transmission part to change it so it gets real expensive but now it doesn't occur on every single one it's like all odds you you roll odds you roll your dice but i mean i if i were buying it three thousand dollars under retail i'd feel pretty good about it i probably wouldn't pay full retail price for it right I knew they had some problems with the transmission on an earlier model. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, same thing. Not so thing. much about the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they hadn't fixed it yet as far as I know. Now, some of the earlier ones, like your Frontiers and stuff, the radiator would rupture, and it would flood the transmission with coolant, which would really take it out. That was a big, big issue, but this is a separate problem. This is where the valve bodies wear out in them. And right. I can't say that every one that's come through has had that problem, but we've seen what I consider more than should be normal. Yeah, should be normal. So I would right. just kind of watch for that. Allow enough money to, in case it were to happen, you're still covered. You know, you're not. It's okay to roll the dice every once in a while. You just don't want to roll it if you can't afford to lose. You know. Right. No, they want about fifteen k for this thing. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know what if that's good or bad or whatever. Right. You'd have to go to like Edmunds does a real good job of setting values on vehicles. If you go to their website, you can key in the miles, you can key in the color and the options and your zip code and all that. It'll give you a pretty fair representation of what it's worth in your area because prices vary in areas in baton rouge right now cars are selling a little high just because there were so many of them taken out by the floods that is it's a kind of a seller's market right now right but i would never ever pay more not even pay retail price for that vehicle just because there is a bit more odds of a problem there and i've got to have enough money to make it worth my risk it's kind of like if i buy a car that's been wrecked doesn't mean it's bad it just means i have to have a little more cushion going in in case there is a problem i'm still covered right all right well that kind of tells me what i need to know uh you got uh, time for another sure question? go ahead i got a 96 chevy pickup with a 1500 series and uh, the transmission had been rebuilt mm-hmm. a few years back but uh, just recently what it do is it shift from first to second fine go into the third it would rev way up oh, and, uh, okay come back down and if you look that up it's kind of like the third and fourth clutch pack gone out yeah direct clutches the deal is as though if you if you back off to accelerate a little bit mm-hmm. it'll clunk on down in another gear and you can go about 45 50 to about 3000 rpm which doesn't sound like fourth gear and don't sound like overdrive so i'm wondering if it's going in the third it may be so it's, but still could be that whole clutch pack yes yes if it, yeah. can't, if it doesn't see fourth gear there if it doesn't see overdrive there it's just going to revert to whatever gear it can find 
Which may be third gear. Yeah, I don't know if it was worn out that it would actually go into third gear. Because it it didn't slip, you know, once it went into third. Yeah, it it definitely can. It it just depends on what it sees as normal. And that's a fairly major repair. You have to take basically the entire transmission out and apart to address that, which is going to pretty much be into another transmission. Now, that being said... If you are willing to just let off and let it do its thing, don't try to rev it up and push it and all that, you may be able to drive it just like it is for quite a while. Yeah, it doesn't no, it, tear it, it up right away. It won't come out of that third, well, third. I'm calling third gear, mm-hmm. right? It won't do anything after well, it's that. Well, yeah. it's lost it's fourth lost gear it. then. Right. Okay. All right, fellas. Well, thanks okay. a lot. I appreciate all right, man. All right. Thank you. Good Bye-bye. Time. I two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I we'd love to have you. Always enjoy people calling from all around town, all around the country, yeah, even all around, all around the, world. the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wherever you may be, you're going to give us a call. We always enjoy hearing from you and sure. kind of adds a little perspective to the show, hearing things that occur in different areas. And being, you know, it's what about. 55, 60 degrees here today. A beautiful, beautiful oh, day. Oh, man, that's, that's freezing, man. I got my croissants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. looking at my daughter last night. She had on a jacket and a pair of sweatpants oh, and yeah. two shirts. I said, what are you going to do when it gets cold? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's croissant weather, man. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you. Them long yards, you know. Yep. <laughs> so there are people, of course, around the country, up in Wisconsin, where just laughing at you. Oh, sure. <laughs> 50 degrees, really? Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a warm spell here. Yeah, that's, that's a hot snap. You know, that's a, a heat wave. So. Yeah. But, yeah, it, of course, big, big country, and it varies quite a bit sure one into the other. Uh, it's, it's just nice. I love this time of year. And, you know, a lot of folks pick this time of year to do traveling and right. so on. I'd find that business tends to slow down a little bit across the country as we start other than the retail business obviously Mm -hmm. but people are concerned with the holidays and shopping and all that so and they get a lot lot of of time off yeah a lot of time time of year a lot of your service businesses will kind of slow down a little bit i know that's why we always have our vacations this time of year right once it starts to cool off the air conditioning work is not as much people who have an air conditioning problem are less likely to notice it and some are less likely to repair it Right, until it gets hot again. Probably a mistake, but that's a whole other whole other show. <laughs> oh, no, there you go. But when it does start to slow down a little bit, people tend to take road trips and all. I know Thanksgiving is one of the biggest travel holidays sure. of the entire year. And I thought we maybe would talk a little bit about some things you might want to check on your car before you hit the road. Sounds good. If you're thinking about that. You know, one of the things that I find people normally, we normally do not check. And we always check this as part of a trip check, which uh-huh. is a service that we perform for folks who are going on vacations. A lot of times, people do not take a look at their spare tire. Right. It's kind of tucked away in the back, hidden under the vehicle or hidden under something. Right. And they just don't check that. Don't think about it. It's not in plain sight. Right. Out of sight, out of mind, I right. guess. It may be that it's very, very old and no longer serviceable. We Worse, s- it could be flat. We see a lot of the temporary tires... What I'm calling a temporary tire right. is a little small tire. It's little small tires designed just to get you off the road, mm-hmm. out of danger, till you can get your tire fixed. Those are small. They tuck in underneath the, the deck in the back, mm-hmm. or they're hidden somewhere. And almost every time we check one, it's either the original one for the vehicle, and some of these vehicles are 10, 20 years old. Right. Most of them are flat. We have a few that come through. We check them every time we do an oil change. Mm-hmm. And... We keep the air up in them. Mm-hmm. Some of them, 
come in flat the next time we do an oil change. That's so three thousand miles, so they're going bad. So and that can't be repaired. It's sealed. No. The tire sealed to the rim. So when they start to leak, it's pretty much another assembly. Right. You have to get another. Either try to find another temporary, which I don't think they're available very much. They're hard to find. Or get a full size rim and a full size tire, which some of doesn't, the wheel wells are not designed to hold. It doesn't fit in there as well. Right. But yeah, so, that's one of those things before you hit the open road, just in case you do happen, that could turn a minor inconvenience into a major, major catastrophe. Yes, it could. So just one of those things you want to check. Talk a whole lot more about that when we get back from this call. We've got Mike online. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing today? great, sir. Doing great. Excellent. I, I just want to thank you again for all the great knowledge, and I've leaned on you guys so much recently trying to get my three older vehicles up to snuff. Uh-huh. And one of the issues now I have is a 13-year-old F-150, but it's only got 85,000 miles on it. So I'm just trying to decide between time versus miles with some issues. The the issue I'm dealing with right now is a blend door, which is very common on those to break. Yes, sir. All right. So I got to replace the blend door, but while I'm in there, I'm thinking, should I replace the evaporator core and the heater core? I would certainly look at the heater core, Mike. The evaporator cores on those generally hold up fairly well. We really haven't had a lot of issues with that, but the heater cores are sort of notorious for going out. So I would definitely, definitely do the heater core. And the blend door, there are ways to replace that if you do it yourself without taking the entire dash out a shop can't do it because it involves cutting the evaporator case which is kind of like bush league work as a shop would look at it people would get real angry if a shop did that but some individuals may elect to do that it's their vehicle they choose to do it the way they want but i know there's some aftermarket kits out that sell a replacement door you can cut out a section of the evaporator case and you can change it without pulling the entire dash which is a considerable savings to you you might want to look at that something like that, particularly on an older vehicle, and then you can either duct tape or you know however you want to attach the piece back in there. It's a little bit, like I said, bush league for a shop to do something like that, but an individual can make those kind of choices because it's their vehicle. Yes, sir, and that's exactly kind of why I was asking your opinion because I mm-hmm. saw those options mm-hmm. on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. and but I figured, well, if I take the time and take the dash apart, to do it right mm-hmm. while I'm there, you know, maybe I should do the heater core and the evap. And I, I think you gave me a good, you know, uh, idea as far as doing the heater core and, and just cleaning the evap. Yeah, maybe. clean it out real good. Check it. In fact, you could even, if, you, if it's going to be a little while before you do the repair, Mike, what you could do is have some dye added to your system. That's real inexpensive to do. It's a fluorescent dye you put in the air conditioning system. Very easy to do. Run it around two weeks, three weeks, however long it's going to be before you do the job. And then you could take a black light and a pair of glasses, and you could look that core over very well and see if there's any signs of a leak. Because that will reveal a leak even way before you notice sure. it, loss of refrigerant. It'll show just a tiny, tiny leak. Yeah, that, that fluorescent dye, when it comes out, you can definitely see It'll it. It'll be a big yellow yeah. spot when you put a black light and a pair of yellow glasses on. Excellent idea. Thank you. All right. Guys, two, two other quick things, if, sure. I don't, if you can. No, go ahead. Um, I'd like to you maybe later, sometime today or in the future, to talk in general. You've done this before, but in more detail maybe about time versus mileage for older vehicles. Mm-hmm. You've talked about that with some items, but maybe if you could go in more into depth. Okay. And then real quick, I might be crazy, but I feel, and I've tested this out, when I turn in a different vehicle, I, I turn the wheel. It feels like the air blows stronger. Is that possible? The air coming out of the air conditioner? That- 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if the blend door is broken, it could be moving slightly back and forth. The vacuum lines that control a lot of those things may be in a slight bind to where when it turns, the motor shifts a little bit, pulls on it. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could account for that. Okay, so that's a problem then. Uh, yeah, I mean, not a big problem, but, you know, it. while you're in there, you're more likely to find the cause of it. Yeah, because it's actually my wife's car, which mm-hmm. is a totally different vehicle. Okay. And she, she told me that, and I said, no, nah, you're crazy. Yeah, no, it's and possible. So- I... It's one of those problems I don't think I would spend a lot of right. time trying to fix because what's the ramifications? Right. You know, not everything has to be fixed. I tell people a lot of times, sometimes the fix is worse than the problem. You know, if right. something is just very obscure little thing and, okay, it's something you notice, but it really doesn't have to be addressed. If I would look it over, if it's something simple, I would go after it, check all the vacuum lines and stuff as such as that, but I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time or money trying to fix something like that because, I mean, it really doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it as always. All right. Thanks, Thank Mike. You. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick little break, but we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Oh, I had a bad dream the other night. Can't be worse than mine. I was buried up to my neck in the desert, surrounded by an army of prairie dogs, and their leader rides up. Rides? Yep. It's Yule Brenner, and he orders me to eat this huge mound of candy corn. So all the prairie dogs line up and feed it to me piece by piece. I'll never look at that Halloween confectionery the same again. What about you? Well, I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at Agco, and my car left me stranded on I-10. Now that's scary. Agco Automotive is here with the best way to keep up with car maintenance. Get our annual general inspection. You pick the month, we check out your vehicle and recommend any maintenance you may need, which can save you costly repairs down the road. That was a freaky dream. Were you on medication, or did you eat anything strange? Uh, yeah, I actually ate a whole bag of candy corn left over from Halloween. 2014. Oh. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersand, with Mr. Brian Terry. We sure appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. And if you got a question or a comment, you just give us a call. It's 291 6901. That'll get you straight to us. And we've got David's been patiently holding. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing this Doing morning? great, sir. Doing great. I listen to your program all the time. I really enjoy it. Well, thank, well, thank you. you. Hey, I wanted to uh, ask you, have you noticed some of the new designs coming out, automotive designs by some of these are luxury manufacturers? Because I've been looking around, and I noticed that many of them don't have a front bumper or a very small front bumper. Mm-hmm. And the rear bumper, some of them have very little or, or no bumper. Yeah. Which will really uh, not even protect you at all. No. Low, low impact. Yeah, there's really no such thing as a bumper anymore as we used to know them, David, where you had a big piece of metal out there that protected the car. What you've got now is a piece of urethane material which blends into the body with a piece of foam plastic behind it and then a high-strength bar under that. Right. And it's got energy-absorbing shocks on it. And what it does in a serious impact, it collapses, and it does a pretty good job of protecting the car. But in a parking lot, it does absolutely nothing because it's all cosmetic. It's all nice and pretty and blended in. So that's why you tap some mine in the parking lot now, and it's three grand to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just a little ding in the bumper, possibly. But it's just the way cars are. They're making them 
pretty and they're making them attractive and they're teching them up so that people will buy them at the ridiculous prices they charge. And they're, they're not as interested in straight in keeping the sheet metal from being damaged anymore as they are the, the passenger compartment. Right. The passenger compartment is their bread and butter. That's the part they have well, to Well, that's protect. what they get sued the, over. The rest of the car is Lanyap. I Pretty mean, that's, that's, what, yeah, that's what takes the, yeah. the hit. It all has crumple zones in it. Right. It's designed to crush. And that's why what you would consider a relatively minor collision will cost into the thousands now. I mean, you just about can't bump anybody in a parking lot that it doesn't cost five six thousand $6,000 because of all this high-tech crud that's on them whereas you just have a big metal bumper out there and bam you hit it and bounced off i don't know it's just it's just styling just the way things go it's sort of like those big 20 inch wheels they put on cars absolutely no benefit to the driver whatsoever it's just styling it just it makes some people think yeah look think they look cool but now you spend 1500 bucks for a set of tires yeah that used to be 600 yeah well, you mentioned the energy absorbing shocks. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even see that on there. You sure they have them on there? there Some and if they, they do, don't. They're going to have a crumple zone right. in the frame rail itself, which does the same thing. It it's, just collapses. It's going to look like an accordion. Yeah, it'll have little dimples in the corners of the box forming the rail. Right. And it's designed to crush. I've seen crash tests where this thing will just crush right straight in, and it buckles right at each one of those little dimples, and that absorbs it. But it can't be replaced like a shock absorber used to be able to. Cheaper for them to manufacture, just passes the cost back to the customer, like just about everything they're doing now. Yeah, right. Okay, well, I just wondered if anybody else noticed it like I did. <laughs> These were luxury vehicles. Well, and I you mean, know, even the cheap ones have gone that way. Yeah, they all going that way. If you look at like those headlight assemblies they use now, the big, and they're beautiful, and they're all acrylic plastic molded into the body with little halo lights around them. I mean, they're very, very attractive, but again, a rock flies up and pops it, and it's $800 for that headlight assembly. Or wait till the sun fades it, and, oh, yeah. It, yeah, and you got to replace it because you can't use it As anymore. As opposed to a $3 seal beam that used to last life of the car. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bought them at Walmart, you know, <laughs> three right. bucks to change yourself. All day long. Yeah, now it takes six hours labor to pull a bumper part and change this headlight assembly. And right. It's just, I don't know, they've lost sight of the cost of maintaining a car. I've always thought that a lot of that's by design. They want to make cars so expensive to repair that you really can't repair them. You have to keep buying new cars because that's what they're in the business of doing. So right. it's just kind of part of it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, well, thank you for your uh, information. All right, David. Thanks, yes, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number of you only part of the automotive hour. We were talking just a bit before the break about getting a car ready for vacation, right. some things that some people may Overlook. not occur to them. Another thing along the lines of the spare tire, certainly make sure it's usable, that it is in usable condition. condition. Another thing you want to do, particularly if you bought the vehicle and maybe you haven't owned it that long, take that spare tire and put it on the car. Make sure it fits your car. Exactly. How many times have you seen where someone had bought a car, maybe a used car, and someone had just stuck a spare in, and it really doesn't fit the vehicle? But it's there. It's there. (laughs) We've seen that a lot. Yeah. And generally, we see it when a car is being towed in because they had a flat tire and they're looking for a wheel and tire. It's it's very unnerving to get there on the side of the interstate and try to change it, and it don't fit. Exactly. So, yeah, and, and so make sure it does fit. Not only lug pad, but push it all the way on because the holes in the center of those wheels vary in size. They do. And sometimes it will not, even though it goes over the lugs, it will not seat all the way onto the car. Right. Go ahead and install it on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. One more thing while we're that, and we can take a couple of these phone calls. All right. Make sure the jack is there and that it operates. All the components to your jack are there so you can jack the vehicle up. 
and make sure the wheel lock key, if your vehicle uses one, is there and that it fits the wheel locks on your car. Right. And that the lug wrench fits all of the lugs. Not just one. Yeah. Or, <laughs> well, we've seen that before, Very too. often, someone's changed the lug nut along the lines, and they went from a 21 millimeter to, to a 19. 19 millimeter. So now the lug wrench doesn't fit it. Correct. And you don't have two lug wrenches, so have a flat, and there you are. That's it. Let's go back to our follow-ups. Randy, good morning, Randy. Good morning. How y'all doing? Doing today? great, sir. Good morning. Good. I have a 2006 Chevrolet Trailblazer. It's got like 65,000 miles okay. on it. It does have the original antifreeze in it, and I know it's probably past time to change Well, I'd say way, way past, yeah. 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 Okay. That particular radiator does not come with a cockpit. Correct. So I'd have to take the bottom hose off. That's yes, correct. If I take that bottom hose off, is it going to drain the block too? No. No, it will drain the yes. radiator and it'll drain the top. It'll drain the cylinder head and all down to where the water pump is on the block. It won't drain below that. Right. Okay. Do I do I need to use? Can I use tap water or? No, you need I distilled can? water and Dex Cool. Is the cooler yeah. the orange Dex Cool? Don't buy that universal junk. Buy the real, no. the real Dex Cool. Mix it with distilled water outside of the vehicle 50 50 and then put it in do not dump the cooler in dump the water on top will not mix in the block gotcha gotcha if i bring it to y'all y'all do use distilled water and then deck school yes sir mm-hmm. yes sir y'all do use all absolutely that. yes sir and we can get it up on a lift where we can get the block plugs out in most cases and drain the engine block as well which is almost impossible at home right 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 okay I may come by there because I'm by around the corner for okay. y'all. Yeah, give Elaine a call I'll, Monday I'll, morning. She'll, she'll set it up for you. Appreciate it, man. Okay, man. Thanks. Right. Mm, bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. And we've got, is it LG? IG. IG, I'm sorry. I, my eyes just aren't that good. I can't read that screen across <laughs> this room. <laughs> That's all right. How you all doing? This doing great, doing great, IG. Okay, I want to know about Land Rovers, 06, 07, or 08. Mm-hmm. Are those a good buys? Basically, in my opinion, it's a very expensive car. It's very expensive to maintain and not very well yeah. built. I mean, I, yeah. I would never buy one. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I, they're cool looking, and yeah. if you just love them, you like the styling or whatever, and that's you're fine. To, and you're willing to deal with the, the, the consequences? Yeah, the consequences yeah. of yeah. them. They're hard to get serviced. You're not going to find a lot of uh-huh. people who can service them. When you do get it serviced, okay. it's excessively expensive, and I find they break way too much. I mean, yeah. I would far, far rather like a Toyota Land Cruiser. Oh, yeah. Or Lexus. Yeah, I, I looked at that Land Cruiser and a 98 is about $10,000. Yeah. With 200 and some miles on it. So oh, yeah. That's a good buy. Yeah, they're going to be expensive because they have uh-huh. a high resale value because people know they're good. Okay. You can look okay. at most of the cars. If you look at the resale value, that's a pretty good indication of how good the vehicle is because they come okay. down to reality. You know, when you buy a okay. car new, you got all the hype and the hoopla and yeah. the, the showroom, this, that, and the other. But yeah. on the used market, they come back down to reality. So okay. if you look at the resale value of almost any vehicle, it'll give you a pretty good indication what the quality of that vehicle is. Okay, on that Land Cruiser, 237000 okay, if it's in good condition? Yeah, I wouldn't okay. be too scared of that. All right, I mean, as long as it's been maintained. Great. Thank okay. you, guys. All right, IG. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Mm, bye-bye. Bye. All right, we got to take one more quick little break. Tom, if you hold on, you will be straight up after the break.
Man, I had a bad dream the other night. Oh, me too. I was abducted by aliens, but they weren't little green men. They looked more like a cross between a chicken and a gremlin. Like the 80s movie? Yeah, so they take me up to this spaceship and onto this theater stage, and in the audience sits all the cats of my ex-girlfriends, and they're just sitting there judging me. Even Mr. Piddles, who I actually kind of liked. Oh, uh, what was your dream? I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at Agco and my car broke down. Now that's scary. Hey, at Agco Automotive, we know it's hard to keep up with maintenance. What do I do at 15,000 miles? What do I do at 75? We recommend an annual general inspection. Just pick a month and bring in the vehicle. We'll give it the once over and can recommend any maintenance you may need before something causes bigger problems down the road. So did they take you to their leader? No, they made me watch a cat video reenactment of Steel Magnolias. It was horrible. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, if you just join us at the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, if you get a chance, why don't you give us a call? It's 291 6901 out of 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. And we've got Tom's been patiently holding. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Morning. Hey, I got a question on my Subaru. Okay. I know you don't work on them a lot, but I emailed you and I talked to you about the transmission in the morning. It takes a while to kick in the third gear. Mm-hmm. Is it third or fourth? And I've, um, High gear, maybe? It's going in at about 20 miles per hour, so I'm saying it's probably third gear, um, first, second, third. Yeah. Um, you know, the... The manufacturer on one of their bulletins says it's kind of, it's not uncommon. Right. But I have found, my question is, in the morning, I have found that if I, when I'm warming it up a little mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. if I take it down to first gear and just second gear, third gear, like I'm doing a transmission fluid right. check, that when I get on a road, it just shifts that much quicker and it doesn't drag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that could be hurting it anyway? If I just sit in my driveway with my foot in the brake and I'm no, doing it for no, a, not at all, less than a minute. Yeah, no, not at all. Tom, I was like I was saying, a lot of vehicles will not shift into overdrive until they hit 180 degrees. They're just the computer's going to lock them out. Now, mm-hmm. if you manually shift it, you're overriding the computer and you're right. running hot fluid into these parts where it needs it. So that may kind of go along with that. But that is really normal, especially depending on what the ambient temperature is around you. You can notice it's certainly a lot more when it's cold out than when it's not. Where are you calling from, Tom? Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, and okay. what's your ambient temperature up there right now? Right now it's 45. Yeah. See, when it's cold like that, it the engine they want the engine to warm faster, and it can do that by holding it out of overdrive. So most of them are not going to shift in overdrive. The computer's just going to override it until it gets to that. It's going to hold it down. A lot of them won't go in lockup until they get to that temperature. So it may be that it's just a normal phenomenon, and you just notice it more because it's colder outside. In the summer, it could probably get to that pretty quickly, and you may not even notice it at all. So if you really, really search the web, you may be able to find the shift strategy for that vehicle listed. I know we've got it on the vehicles we work on in service data. It'll tell you when it will shift into each gear at what temperature, and it varies considerably. So if you could find that, you could compare it to what it's doing and tell if it's just normal for the vehicle or not. Or if you know someone who's very good with Subaru, you know, if it were a Toyota or a GM product or something we work on a lot, I could probably almost tell you when they do it just because I've seen it so many times. 
But find someone who's very familiar with Subaru, and they may tell you that's a normal phenomenon. Now, if it's not, I just don't see where it's going to really hurt the vehicle a whole lot. You know, it, it, may sure. be, it may be a problem or a solution in search of a problem. You know what I'm saying? If you just give it time or do like you said, shift it through the gears manually beforehand, I don't, okay. see, I don't see that ever really being a problem to you. Okay, great. Great, I appreciate it. You know, on a side note, mm-hmm. you're talking about the temperature and mm-hmm. such down there. I got to tell you, when I was in Shreveport in 1990, that was probably one of the coldest weeks <laughs> I've ever spent. And I lived my, my life in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. You it, know, it's we, that humidity. It is. We have folks come down wow. to New Orleans quite a bit, and the temperature will drop to maybe 40 degrees, which to you guys, you'd probably be swimming at that temperature, but... Man, they're walking around Here, with big yeah. old shearlings on and everything else, just ch- teeth chatter because that humidity is high. It, that cold oh. really goes through you. And you get a little wind what, coming off oh, that yeah. river. Oh, yeah. you got to find a building to hide behind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it just completely ruined what I thought was the south. Okay, uh, <laughs> I've been down there for years. This is going to be nice, and I've rose. <laughs> yeah, well, right I now. That, that was a cold winter. Yeah, if I'm not we, mistaken. Yeah. We have a few cold winters every so many winters. Every 20 years or so. <laughs> yeah, it'll get down to the, the freezing mark or maybe a little below. Yeah, right now, the temperatures just couldn't be. I, oh, mean, yeah, I mean, yesterday was a right glorious right day. I mean, it was in the low 70s, low humidity, nice little breeze Beautiful blowing. Day. Just a gorgeous day, sun shining, you know. And today looks okay, like a pretty okay. good day. Today so looks far, pretty good as well. <laughs> Okay, well, you enjoy your weekend, and thank you for the information. All right, Tom. Thank thanks, you. man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, two nine one six nine zero one is the number. If you want to borrow the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. If you call from Minnesota or Wisconsin. Or Paul. <laughs> or wherever. <laughs> That's right. You just give us a call. We're glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. And we were talking a bit about preparing your car to go on the road uh-huh. on vacation or maybe just a little road trip or whatever it might be, and some of the things that tend to get overlooked right and we talked about spare tires and having make sure they're full of air they fit the car and all the other peripherals are there and while we're on tire issues Mm -hmm. you might want to check the date on your tires see how old they are because tires have a life that's right and the life is usually about six years six years what most experts agree is the lifetime of a tire and you know at this point you got time you can get another set of tires if need be as tires heat up, they tend to expand, and when they expand, the glues at that right. age start to break down, and you risk a blowout on the interstate or you know on the highway somewhere. Well, yeah, and you may have been putting around town with an eight-year-old tire and had not too many problems with it, but let's say you get on the road from here to Atlanta or Natchez or wherever you might be going, and you get on the interstate at 70 miles an hour for several hours. That's when that old tire is going to let go. Yep. And when it lets go, it's not going to be nice. It's going to, at very least, inconvenience you considerably if it doesn't cause an accident. Right. So, yeah, the age of the tire is, and that's pretty easy. If you go to our website and just type in tire age, it'll show you an illustration of how to check that. It's a little code. It starts with DOT. How to read it. Generally, it's on one side of the tire or the other, if not both. And the last four digits are going to be the week and the year. So Correct. it's fairly easy to interpret to if you know how to do it. So check that or have someone check that for you before you get on the road. Right. Right along the same lines is the condition of the valve stems. Make sure your valve stems are not dry rotted or in rough shape. A while back, there was a batch of real 
inferior Chinese valve sim that came into the United States that caused a lot, a lot of trouble. I they did. I remember that. Recalled two or three million of them. But even if that's not the case, not in every instance do people replace the valve stems when the tires are repaired. So it could be that the valve stems are very old. That's getting to be more and more of an issue with the TPMS systems because the valve stem is part of that TPMS sensor, which is pretty expensive. And they are a better constructed stem than we had in the past. They are. Generally made of EPDM rubber, so they last a long, long time. And you know, those stems are now available. Sometimes on some models on, you can on, get them. I know on the General Motors cars mm-hmm. we can get those stems. Just a stem without buying a transmitter. You can unscrew the transmitter off the old stem, change the stem, and screw the new transmitter on. I mean the old transmitter back on the new stem. Right. Which is a, a, a big help for that old stem problem. Right. So if your stems are very old, that is going to be an issue. So something you want to just be aware of sure. before you get out on the highway. Now, one other thing, or a couple of other things that not really relating to the mechanics of the car, but certainly a vacation spoiler. And that is when you travel, have two sets of keys. At least two sets At of keys. At least two sets. Possibly you have a set, your wife has a set in her purse, but have two sets of keys. Maybe you can disguise one, hide it on the car somewhere. Because if you happen to lose a set of keys on or vacation. lock them in the car. Or lock them in the car. Right. That's, very, that's a big very inconvenience. inconvenient. If you go to Wally World and you all excited and you kids are screaming and hollering and you're trying to get a luggage out of the car slam and the door you slam and the door well i know there are services that can come out and unlock the car in some cases are. but it costs money to have that done it's very inconvenient somebody's got to sit around and wait for them to come out and all right. that by having two sets of keys unless you lock both of them yeah shame on you but that's why a lot of people advocate hiding a set somewhere on the outside of the car. Or just a door key. Just a door key is all you really need. So all you got to do is get into the vehicle. Of course, more and more cars today, the door key and the ignition key are the are same. same. So, right. And, and a lot of them don't even hardly have door keys anymore. Or, got remote Limited yeah. numbers because it's, it's remotes and stuff such as that. But just be sure you have an extra set of keys available, hidden away somewhere, so that you don't yeah, get, yeah. get stopped and end up with them lost or that's locked. Right, locked in now one other thing that someone give gave me a tip years ago and i've always practiced it never needed it thank god but it said a good idea is to photocopy your vehicle registration okay and put that in your wallet because let's say worst case scenario the car is stolen you can present that information you got everything the police officer needs to put that car out on the wire real quick and you're very likely to, to get your car it. back Whereas if you don't have it, first off, you have to prove that you had a car <laughs> and that it is your register, your name and all that sort of thing. So it just right. doesn't it take, hurt. It may take several hours to get that information. That's right. So it just doesn't hurt to have that available. Along the same lines, make sure that your insurance information is in the car. Because most date. states do have mandatory vehicle insurance these days. Right. And if the state you're traveling from does not have that, the one you're traveling to does. does have it. For instance, if you're traveling to the state of Louisiana and you get stopped for a routine inspection or routine traffic violation, mm-hmm. first thing I ask for is your license, your registration, and your proof of insurance. Correct. And if you don't have that, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a real big deal. In fact, they could technically tow the car. Sure. So you don't you want to be aware that all the reg the, the regulations of the different areas you're traveling into and that you're complying. Another thing, I know a lot of people carry weapons in their vehicle. Right. And in Louisiana, a vehicle is considered 
an extension of your home. Correct. So you have the right to have a weapon in your vehicle. And not every state and certainly not every country is that way. So if you're traveling, let's say you're traveling into Canada, I know the first thing they're going to ask you, do you have a weapon in your vehicle? And I'm not sure what, what they the do. ramifications are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you do. I never was crazy enough to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always made sure I didn't have one if I was going into a country, be it Canada or Mexico, that doesn't allow that. Right. And so you want to just be certain the when you go from state to state and country to country on a driving vacation, the laws do vary. Sure. So you want to be sure that you're aware of all those sorts of things before you carry a loaded weapon into another country. That could be a real big deal especially another country i mean another state is bad enough but another country now i mean i'm not sure what i know a lot of states will realize that louisiana is a carry Uh state and they will agree to that and all that sort of thing but there are a few that don't yeah i think there are if i'm not mistaken the district of columbia i think will not allow a weapon in. right i'd have to look at the would map get, would, i mean would, would the guy, would the jobs those guys do i can see why yeah no kidding huh <laughs> wow <laughs> let's go back to the phone lines clark good morning clark good morning i've got an all 2011 ultima with uh-huh. the, i guess the cvt transmission yes sir yeah and i want to see about doing the maintenance and changing the fluid on okay. it and i just read one I think somebody told me that you guys do it, but you change it like twice instead of once. Normally we do because there right. is there is no way to drop the pan and really get in and clean it thoroughly. So what you do, Clark, is that when the engine starts, the pump draws the fluid up into the filter. Mm-hmm. When you turn the key off, the fluid by weight and gravity tends to run back out of the filter, which washes a lot of the debris out of it. So what mm-hmm. you do is you run it for a while, turn it off, let it wash out, immediately drain it. Go ahead and replace the fluid right there. Crank it up, let it run, shift it through all the gears, possibly even go drive it, come back and immediately do it a second time. It gets a far greater percentage of the fluid out, and it tends to clean the filter to the degree that you can clean it. So I just find it's a much better overall service, particularly if it hadn't been serviced in a long period of time. Let's say you had... 50,000 miles on a vehicle, it will probably be acceptable to do it once. If, you, if you're going to do it every 50,000 miles, you could probably do it one time. But if you're going to wait to 100 before you do it, then I would probably oh. recommend doing it twice. What is it? Would it be all right to do it once and just drive it for a, a few days? Absolutely. And then do it again? Sure. Absolutely. That would probably be a little bit better. It's just in the shop, you don't have that luxury. You know, you right, have to service right. it while it's there. So we run them for 10, 15 minutes on the rack, shift it through the gears, maybe go take it around the block. That's all we can do. But, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all if it's your own vehicle where you can afford to do that. Right, right. I mean, it's easy enough to change sure. the fluid in it. Absolutely. And then that way I could just drive it for a week or so. And you could. Do it again. Yeah, you so, certainly yeah, could. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I appreciate it. All righty. Okay, Thank Clark. You. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. You want to be part of the automotive hour? You know, that uh, transmission he was talking about is a, a constant velocity transmission, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a separate pan on it right. that you can take off but it does have a filter like you were saying mm-hmm. the only way to get to that filter is to take that unit out of the vehicle and break the case apart take it apart to get to that filter that's why we do we do the double drain and fill well and that's why if i had that particular vehicle i would probably be servicing that transmission around fifty thousand sure. miles i wouldn't wait Definitely. to 100 like the manufacturer recommends at very very most let's say it wasn't necessary okay you've wasted a few bucks on fluid right however You've gotten far more of the debris out. You've done a much better job, and you've increased the longevity of the vehicle. 
Yep. It's sort of like oil changes where they recommend going so long between changes. You know, yeah. It's just a whole whole lot less expensive to change the oil more often. Yeah, I don't, I don't like these long extended maintenance intervals. Well, we have changed more engines in the last yes, few years we have. than I did probably in the first 40 years I was in business since they've gone to this stuff that's gotten so prevalent. Had one fairly late model come in with no oil pressure. Yeah. Just no oil pressure. Right. That and all the little... Uh, collateral problems like leaking rear main seals, leaking valve covers, and all that. You know, my car has 165,000 miles on it, no oil leaks. Right. But the oil's been changed every, every 3,000 3, miles, miles since the car was new. Exactly. So, anyway, just a little tip there. Hey, we're going to take our last quick little break and be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Phew. I had a bad dream last night. Girl, me too. I was out on a date with Matthew McConaughey. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. But literally, all he could say was, all right, all right, all right. Still, it's... In auto-tune. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Over and over and over. Oh, it was a nightmare. What about you? I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at Echo, which cost me thousands in repair. Now that's scary. Agco Automotive's general inspection is the best way to make sure your car performs at its peak and you're not surprised by any major repairs. Bring your vehicle in once a year and we'll recommend any maintenance. We can even help decide if it's worth fixing or time for you to purchase another. My dream was scary, but yours was, uh, all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. <laughs> Okay, are you finished now? Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive problems you might have. Why don't you go and give us calls, 291-6901. And we still have a few minutes to get to those calls, so if you make it quick, there you go. We can get them. Got plenty of time. Just in case you don't get a chance to call in, something happened to you during the week. Yep. You can always go to the website, get your questions answered that way. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There's a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button, fill out the form, and send it on in. There you go. Couldn't be any easier. Hey, let's go back to our phone lines. we got Russ on the line. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. I want to double check or something. I called y'all last year. My son being in the military and having his car. Okay. And y'all said to drive it at least 25 to 50 miles a week. Yeah, at minimum, I would. Okay. How often, I think I heard you say it before, but how often should we change the oil because we're not going to make the 3,000 miles? Yeah, I would change the oil at least a couple times a year. Okay. About every six months. Every six months. Because it's going to get real moisture contaminated just sitting there. And, and making shorter trips. Okay. That's, that's what I need. I wanted to make sure about that. Okay. There you go. Thanks a lot. Sir. All right, Russ. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number if you want to follow the automotive hour. And we've got Roger online. Good morning, Roger. How you doing? Doing great, Good sir. Morning. I got, I got an 05 Silverado. I got 289,000 miles on Okay. Okay, now, it runs good and everything on the run, and but when I sat down like at a light or something, it got a, a butter in it, you know, and other than that, it just runs good. I mean, it, our, it, I checked my plugs and everything. I uh, had it checked, and mm-hmm. everything's fine, good, but I can't figure out what it is unless I got bad gas. Well, no, that. I doubt that, Roger. That would miss more on the load than it would at an idle. And when you say a sputter, it's like the engine trembles and shakes. and. Well, it, 
Almost like a, almost like a misfire. Okay. What is the RPM of the engine at idle? Do you know? Did you look at your tachometer oh. and see what the RPM are? Oh, I say around about about seven seven hundred. Yeah, so That's plenty high enough. Right. Yeah. I tell you, there's just a number of things it could be, Roger. W- one of the most prominent things would be like a vacuum leak of some sort that'll definitely make it miss at idle but you won't feel it going down the road because at idle that leak is a much bigger part of the fuel air mixture than going down the road it's just a small it's the same amount of air leaking in but it's a part of a much bigger volume so you really don't feel it as much so i would certainly check everything where a vacuum leak could exist and don't forget to check like the uh egr valve that if it's hanging open or partially open, it's just like a big vacuum leak. So that would be one of the things. Now, beyond that, what you would have to do is if you can identify it to a certain cylinder, which I don't, you don't have a check engine light or anything on. No. Okay. With no check engine light, you would have to do what they call a cylinder balance test. A shop could do that for you fairly inexpensively. And it would see if this misfire is common to one cylinder or if it's common to all the cylinders. If it's common to one particular cylinder, then you go after that cylinder and see what's the cause. In other words, is it low compression in one cylinder possibly? Is it a coil that's going bad on one cylinder, such as that plug wire, those sorts of things. If it's in all the cylinders, then you're more likely into a vacuum leak or some kind of fuel air distribution problem. I know those trucks had a little bit of issue with the fuel injection set up on them. It could be that the fuel pressure regulator is leaking into the intake manifold. That can cause that, and it'll run down one cylinder, which will cause to miss at an idle. At higher vehicle speeds, you won't notice it because it's just a little extra gas, and it just blends with the air. So you, you're going to need to get someone to check and see if it's peculiar to one cylinder or all the cylinders, and that would give you some guidance as to where to go with it. Okay. All righty. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, Roger. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number if you want to be part of the automotive hour. We would love to have you. And, you know, we were talking about getting your car looked at for your trip. Right. Check all the lights on it. That's right. You know, one headlight out at night is not that noticeable, but if you already have one out and the other one happens to go out, now you got no headlights. then you got none at all. Yeah, well, very often folks will bring their car to us and say, my headlights quit working. Uh-huh. Both headlights quit working at the same time. And you check it, and it's, it's got that, two burned-out bulbs. Sure. And they say, no, 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 they both went out the same. They couldn't both burn out the same. I said, it didn't. One was out. You didn't notice it. Then right. when the other one out, you had no headlights. Right. With the, with the new bulbs and everything, they put out a tremendous put amount a of light. light. So you may not notice that one bulb is out. Right. And the other side of that coin is that if one is out, how much longer is the other one going to last? Exactly. Because they've both been on the same exact amount of time. So it's not unusual when one burns out within six months, the, the other one, one will go out. Right. So, yeah, check all of the lights all the way around the vehicle. Same thing with your taillights. Sure. Because if you're driving in a area you're not familiar with, a lot of times, not to say every city does this, but some cities do bring in a lot of revenue by giving out tickets. And mm-hmm. one of the things they spot, particularly if you see an out-of-state car with a burned-out taillight. All right, it's getting stopped. That is reason to stop you. And it's not they're picking on anybody. It's just that's the way it works. And well, they know you're more likely to go ahead and pay that ticket and just try to come well, back and fight it. So. Probably so, and you probably don't know any uh, judges. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you got the car in a safe, operable condition, right, you're less likely. It's to less get likely stopped. to occur, right. And the less likely it is to occur, the more enjoyable your vacation is going to be, <laughs> most definitely. So. 
we're going to try to talk a little bit more about that in the future. But, okay. Uh, and also the tips that we got from some of the other folks about things to talk about. Sure. We'll try to get into those as well. But right now, we got to start winding it on up, getting ready to get on out of here. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. And go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, mm-hmm. whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or Podcast, whatever one you, you particularly yeah, like to use. There are dozens out there, and all of them are pretty good. They are. They most Almost everyone I've seen does carry our show. So if you just type in Automotive Hour pod, Podcast, it's going to come up somewhere. Somewhere around the top. And give us a written review. If you do that, it'll move us up closer to the beginning of the reading. So when someone types in auto repair, we'll come up and people listen. There you go. That's hey, what we're here for. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.